Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top, for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday, Monday through Friday from uh, about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 6, <clears throat> Attack and Fear, with Section 6.5a, To Have, Give All to All. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Lesson 69, My Grievances Hide the Light of the World in Me. And uh, as our as friend, who usually would lead them, is not here again. Um, well, I am asking for someone to step up and lead that for us. Yeah. You're so moved. Okay. So, Lori, you have an opening for us this morning? I do, Lemoyne. And because today's lesson I'm reading involved two different things, I went to Kabir, whose most famous saying everybody probably recognizes, the fish in the water that's thirsty. The fish in the water that is thirsty need serious professional counseling. <laughs> and in light of today's lesson, he says this, if you circumnabulated every holy shrine in the world ten times, it would not get you to heaven as quick as controlling your anger. My grievances hide the light of the world in me. Amen. Oh, with a sense of humor. Huh? Thanks, guys. Amen. Thank you, Lori. That was cute. Just thinking, circumnavulating all the trying to make you thirsty. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. Well, with us in reading this morning, I have Lori. Harrison, Karen, Robin Marie, and Sondra. And with us in listening, I have Kristen, Ida, and Judy. Is there anyone else who would uh, uh, just like to say good morning or join the reading list? All right, well, 
building. <laughs> okay. Having keep having the thought, I'm forgetting something, and then okay, I can just listen to the guy forward. All right, chapter six, attack and fear, section five a. Within the only within section five, the only answer, part a. To have, give all to all. <clears throat> In with paragraph 57. Like any good teacher, the Holy Spirit does no more than you do now, but he teaches only to make you equal with him. This is because you had already taught wrongly, having believed what was not true. You did not believe in your own perfection. Could God teach you that you had made a split mind when he knows your mind only is whole? What, does, what God does know is that his communication channels are not open to him so that he cannot impart his joy and know that his children are wholly joyous. <clears throat> this is an ongoing process, not in time, but in eternity. God's extending outward, though not his completeness, is blocked when the sonship does not communicate with him as one. So he thought, my children sleep and must be awakened. Lori. Okay. Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, Section 5. The only answer, Part A, to have, give all to all. 57. Like any good teacher, the Holy Spirit does know more than you do now, but he teaches only to make you equal with him. This is because you had already taught wrongly, having believed what was not true. You did not believe in your own perfection. Could God teach you that you had made a split mind when he knows your mind only as whole? What God does know is that his communication channels are not open to him so that he cannot impart his joy and know that his children are wholly joyous. This is an ongoing process, not in time, but in eternity. God's extending outward, though not his completeness, is blocked when the sonship does not communicate with him as one. So he thought, quote, my children sleep and must be awakened. End quote. 58. How can you wake children better and more kindly than by a gentle voice that will not frighten them, but will merely remind them that the night is over and the light has come? You do not inform them that the nightmares which frightened them so badly were not real because children believe in magic. You merely reassure them that they are safe now. And you train them to recognize the difference between sleeping and waking so that they will understand they need not be afraid of dreams. Then when bad dreams come, they will call on the light themselves to dispel them. 
Thank you, Lori. And Harrison? 58. How can you wait till then better and more kindly than by a gentle voice that will not frighten them, but will merely remind them that the night is over and the light has come. You do not inform them that the nightmares which frighten them so badly were not real, because children believe in magic. You merely reassure them that they're safe now. Then you train them to recognize the difference between sleeping and waking so that they will understand they need not be afraid of dreams. Then, when bad dreams come, they will call on the light themselves to dispel them. 39. A wise teacher teaches through approach, not avoidance. He does not emphasize that you must avoid to escape from harm so much as what you need to learn to have joy. This is true even of the world's teachers. Consider the confusion a child will experience if he were told, quote, do not do this because it might hurt you and make you unsafe. But if you do that, you will escape from harm and be safe. And then you will not be afraid. All of this could be included in only three words. Do only that. This simple statement is perfectly clear, easily understood, and very easily remembered. Thank you, Harrison. And Karen. 59. A wise teacher teaches through approach, not avoidance. He does not emphasize what you must avoid to escape from harm so much as what you need to learn to have joy. This is true even of the world's teachers. Consider the confusion a child would experience if he were told, quote, do not do this because it might hurt you and make you unsafe. But if you do that, you will escape from harm and be safe, and then you will not be afraid, unquote. All of this could be included in only three words, quote, do only that, unquote. This simple statement is perfectly clear, easily understood, and very easily remembered. 60. The Holy Spirit never itemizes errors because he does not frighten children, and those who lack wisdom are children. 
Yet he always answers their call, and his dependability makes them more certain. Children, do confuse fantasy and reality, and they are frightened because they do not know the difference. The Holy Spirit makes no distinction among dreams. He merely shines them away. His light is always the call to awake whatever you have been dreaming. Nothing lasting lies in dreams, and the Holy Spirit, shining with the light from God himself, speaks only for what lasts forever. Thank you, Karen and Robin Marie. The Holy Spirit never itemizes errors because he does not frighten children, and those who lack wisdom are children. Yet he always answers their call, and his dependability makes them more certain. Children do confuse fantasy and reality, and they are frightened because they do not know the difference. The Holy Spirit makes no distinction among dreams. He merely shines them away. His light is always the call to awake, whatever you have been dreaming. Nothing lasting lies in dreams. And the Holy Spirit, shining with the light from God himself, speaks only for what lasts forever. 61. When your body and your ego and your dreams are gone, You will know that you will last forever. Many think this is accomplished through death, but nothing is accomplished through death because death is nothing. Everything is accomplished through life, and life is of the mind and in the mind. The body neither lives nor dies because it cannot contain you who are alive. If we, if we share the same mind, you can overcome death, because I did. Death is an attempt to resolve conflict by not willing at all, like any other impossible solution which the ego attempts. It will not work. Thank you, Robin Marie and Sandra. 61. When your body and your ego and your dreams are gone, you will know that you will last forever. Many think this is accomplished through death, but nothing is accomplished through death because death is nothing. Everything is accomplished through life. And life is of the mind and in the mind. The body neither lives nor dies because it cannot contain you who are life. If we share the same mind, you can overcome death because I did. Death is an attempt to resolve conflict by by not willing at all. Like any other impossible solution, which the ego attempts, it will not work. 62. 
God did not make the body because it is destructible and therefore not of the kingdom. The body is the symbol of what you think you are. It is clearly a separation device and therefore does not exist. The Holy Spirit, as always, takes what you have made and translates it into a learning device for you. Again, as always, he reinterprets what the ego uses as an argument for separation into a demonstration against it. If the mind can heal the body, but the body cannot heal the mind, then the mind must be stronger. Every miracle demonstrates this. Are you on mute, Lemoyne? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, thank you, Sandra. Is there a new reader for 62 and 63? 62 and 63, I can do it. God did not make the body because it is destructible, and therefore not of the kingdom. The body is the symbol of what you think you are. It is clearly a separation device, and therefore does not exist. The Holy Spirit, as always, takes what you have made and translates it into a learning device for you. Again, as always, he reinterprets what the ego uses as an argument for separation into a demonstration against it. If the mind can heal the body, but the body cannot heal the mind, then the mind must be stronger. Every miracle demonstrates this. We have said that the Holy Spirit is the motivation for miracles. This is because he always tells you that only the mind is real, since only the mind can be shared. I think I'll read that again. This is because he always tells us that only the mind is real, since only the mind can be shared. The body is separate and therefore cannot be part of us. To be of one mind is meaningful, but to be of one body is meaningless by the laws of mind, then the body is meaningless. To the Holy Spirit, there is no order of difficulty in miracles. This is familiar enough to you by now, but it has not yet become believable. Therefore, you do not understand it and cannot use it. Here we go. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 63 and 64? Another new reader? 
63 and 64. Okay, back to you, Lori. 63. We've said that the Holy Spirit is the motivation for miracles. This is because he always tells you that only the mind is real, since only the mind can be shared. The body is separate and therefore can't be part of you. To be of one mind is meaningful, but to be of one body is meaningless. By the laws of mind, then, the body is meaningless. To the Holy Spirit, there is no order of difficulty in miracles. This is familiar enough to you by now, but it has not yet become believable. Therefore, you do not understand it and cannot use it. 64. We have too much to accomplish on behalf of the kingdom to let this crucial concept slip away. It is a real foundation stone of the thought system I teach and want you to teach. You cannot perform miracles without believing it because it is a belief in perfect equality. Only one equal gift can be offered to the equal sons of God, and that is full appreciation. Nothing more and nothing less. Without a range, an order of difficulty is meaningless, and there must be no range in what you offer to each other. Thank you, Lori. And Harrison. 64. We have too much to accomplish on behalf of the kingdom to let this crucial I think I'll go back to the hope in 63. To the Holy Spirit, there is no order of difficulty in miracles. This is familiar enough to you by now, but it has not yet become believable. Therefore, you do not understand it and cannot use it. Now, 64. We have too much to accomplish on behalf of the kingdom to let this crucial concept slip away. It is a real foundation stone of the thought system I teach and want you to teach. You cannot perform miracles without believing it because it is a belief in perfect equality. Only one equal gift can be offered to the equal sons of God, and that is full appreciation. Nothing more and nothing less. Without range, an order of difficulty is meaningless, and there must be no range in what you offer to each other. 65. The Holy Spirit who leads to God 
translate communication into being, just as he ultimately translates perception into knowledge. Parenthetically, you do not lose what you communicate. The ego uses the body for attack for pleasure, and for pride. The insanity of this perception makes it a fearful one indeed. The Holy Spirit sees the body only as a means of communication. And because communicating is sharing, it becomes communion. You might argue that fear as well as love can be communicated and therefore can be shared. Yet, this is not so real as it sounds. Those who communicate fear are promoting attack. And attack always breaks communication, making it impossible. Uh, thank you, Harrison. And Karen. Sixty-five. The Holy Spirit leads to God, translates communication into being, just as he ultimately translates perception into knowledge. You do not lose what you communicate. The ego uses the body for attack, for pleasure, and for pride. The insanity of this perception makes it a fearful one indeed. The Holy Spirit sees the body only as a means of communication. And because communicating is sharing, it becomes communion. You might argue that fear as well as love can be communicated and therefore can be shared. Yet this is not so real as it sounds. Those who communicate fear are promoting attack. An attack always breaks communication, making it impossible. 66. Egos do join together in temporary allegiance, but always for what is separately. one can give he never takes anything back because he wants you to keep it therefore his teaching begins with the lesson you have give all to all thank you Karen and uh, sorry I didn't prompt you to read through 67 Okay, and Robin Marie, would you read 66 through 68? 66. Egos do join together in temporary allegiance, but always for what each one can get separately. 
The Holy Spirit communicates only what each one can give to all. He never takes anything back because he wants you to keep it. Therefore, his teaching begins with the lesson, to have, give all to all. 68. This is a very preliminary step and the only one you must take for yourself. It is not even necessary that you complete the step yourself, but it is necessary that you turn in that direction. Having chosen to go that way, you place yourself in charge of the journey where you and only you must remain. Are you muted? Oh, I'm doing it backwards this morning. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, and Judy, would you read the hmm, from therefore in 66 through 69? What numbers again, please? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm out of order. Sandra, would you read from the end of 66 through the end? And Judy, I'll have you read 69. Okay, sure. He never takes anything back because he wants you to keep it. Therefore, his teaching begins with the lesson to have, give all, to all. Is a very preliminary step and the only one you must take for yourself. It is not even necessary that you complete the step yourself, but it is necessary that you turn in that direction. Having chosen to go that way, you place yourself in charge of the journey where you and only you must remain. This step appears to exacerbate conflict rather than resolve it because it is the beginning step in reversing your perception and turning it right side up. This conflicts with the upside-down perception which you have not yet abandoned or the change in direction would not have been necessary. Some people remain at this step for a very long time experiencing very acute conflict. At this point, many try to accept the conflict rather than take the next step towards its resolution. Having taken the first step, however, they will be helped. Once they have chosen what they cannot complete alone, they are no longer alone. Amen. Well done, Sandra. Thank you. And uh, Judy, would you conclude with 69? Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. This step appears to exacerbate conflict rather than resolve it because it is the beginning step in reversing your perception and turning it right side up. This conflict's or this conflicts with the upside-down perception which you have not yet abandoned, or 
the change in direction would not have been necessary. Some people remain at this step for a very long time, experiencing very acute conflict. At this point, many try to accept the conflict rather than take the next step towards its resolution. Having taken the first step, however, they will be helped. Once they have chosen what they cannot, what they cannot, what they cannot complete alone. <laughs> oh, there are no, they are no longer alone. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Judy. Okay, and uh, before I do the summary, just a reminder, I'm still looking for someone to lead the lead the remembrance of the lesson today. And with that, I'll pitch in. Okay. To have, give all, to all. Like any good teacher, the Holy Spirit does no more than you do now, but he teaches only to make you equal with him. This is because you had already taught wrongly, having believed what was not true. You did not believe in your own perfection. What God does know is that his communication channels are not open to him so that he cannot impart his joy and know that his children are wholly joyous. This is an ongoing process, not in time, but in eternity. God's extending outward, though not his completeness, is blocked when the sonship does not communicate with him as one. So he thought, my children sleep and must be awakened. How can you wake children better and more kindly than by a gentle voice that will not frighten them, but will merely remind them that the night is over and the light has come? He trains us to recognize the difference between sleeping and waking so we understand we need not be afraid of dreams. Then when the bad dreams come, we can call on the light ourselves to dispel them. A wise teacher teaches through approach, not avoidance. In other words, he doesn't say, do not do this because it might hurt you and make you unsafe, but if you do that, you will escape from harm and be safe, and then you will not be afraid. Instead, he says, do only that. This statement is perfectly clear, easily understood, and very easily remembered. Holy Spirit never itemizes errors because he does not frighten children. 
and those who lack wisdom are children. Yet he always answers their call, and his dependability makes them more certain. Nothing lasting lies in dreams, and the Holy Spirit, shining with the light from God himself, speaks only for what lasts forever. When your body and your ego and your dreams are gone, you will know that you will last forever. Many think this is accomplished through death, but nothing is accomplished through death because death is nothing. Death is an attempt to resolve conflict by not willing at all. Like any other impossible solution which the ego attempts, it will not work. God did not make the body because it is destructible and therefore not of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit, as always, takes what you have made and translates it into a learning device for you. And as always, he reinterprets what the ego uses as an argument for separation into a demonstration against it. If the mind can heal the body, but the body cannot heal the mind, then the mind must be stronger. Every miracle demonstrates this. We have said that the Holy Spirit is the motivation for miracles. This is because he tells, he always tells you that only the mind is real since only the mind can be shared. To the Holy Spirit, there is no order of difficulty in miracles. This is familiar enough to you by now, but it has not yet become believable. Therefore, you do not understand it and cannot use it. We have too much to accomplish on behalf of the kingdom to let this crucial concept slip away. There is no order of difficulty in miracles. It is a real foundation stone of the thought system I teach and I want you to teach. You cannot perform miracles without believing it because it is a belief in perfect equality. Only one equal gift can be offered to the equal sons of God, and that is full appreciation. Nothing more and nothing less. Without a range, an order of difficulty is meaningless. And there must be, must be no range in what you offer to each other. Holy Spirit, who leads to God, translates communication into being, just as he ultimately translates perception into knowledge. You do not lose what you communicate. The Holy Spirit sees the body only as a means of communication. And because communicating is sharing, it becomes communion. You might argue that fear as well as love can be communicated and therefore can be shared, yet this is not so real as it seems. Those who communicate fear are promoting attack, and attack always breaks communication, making it impossible. 
<clears throat> the Holy Spirit communicates only what each one can give to all. He never takes anything back because he wants you to keep it. Therefore, his teaching begins with the lesson to have, give all, to all. This is a very preliminary step and the only one you must take for yourself. It's not necessary that you complete this step yourself, but it is necessary that you turn in that direction. Having chosen to go that way, you place yourself in the charge of the journey where you and only you must remain in charge. The step appears to exacerbate conflict rather than resolve it because it is the beginning step in reversing your perception and turning it right side up. This conflicts with the upside-down perception which you have not yet abandoned or the change in direction would not have been necessary. Some people remain at this step for a very long time experiencing very acute conflict. At this point, many try to accept the conflict rather than take the next step towards its revolution. Resolution. Having taken the first step, however, they will be helped. Once they have chosen what they cannot complete alone, they are no longer alone. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was great. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, thank you. And uh, welcome, Charles. Thank you. Okay, well, um, yeah, we are at that time, past the top of the hour, where uh, we uh, like to check in, remember the lesson. Is there anyone who would like to lead that this morning? I can do it, Karen. Hmm, thank you, Karen. Lesson 69. My grievances hide the light of the world in me. No one can look upon what your grievances conceal. Your grievances are hiding the light of the world in you. Everyone stands in darkness and beside and you beside him. As the veil of your grievances are lifted, you are released with your brothers. Share your salvation now with him who stood beside you when you were in hell. He is your brother in the light of the world, which saves you both. Let us make another real attempt to reach the light in you. We are attempting to get in touch with the salvation of the world and to see past the veil of darkness. Let this veil be lifted and see the tears of God's Son 
disappear in the sunlight. Salvation is our only need. There is no other purpose and no other function to fulfill. Learning salvation is our only goal. Let us end the ancient search today by finding the light in us. Let us go, let, try to let go of all the content which generally occupies your consciousness. Think of your mind as a vast circle surrounded by a layer of heavy dark clouds. You can see only the clouds because you seem to be standing outside the circle and quite apart from it. From where you stand, you can see no reason to believe there is a brilliant light hidden by the clouds. The clouds seem to be the only reality. You do not attempt to go through them and pass them, which is the only way in which you would be really convinced of their lack of substance. We will make this attempt today. We will make this attempt today. Settle down in perfect stillness. Remembering only, you want to reach the light in you today. Now. Go past the clouds. Brush them aside. Begin to feel a sense of being lifted up. God himself will raise you from the darkness into light because you are in accord with his will. Have confidence that he has heard you and has answered you. As you attempt to go through the clouds to the light, hold this confidence in your mind and remember that you are at last joining your will to God's. What you undertake with God must succeed. Let the power of God work in you and through you. Your grievances are hiding the light of the world from your awareness. My grievances hide the light of the world in me. I cannot see what I have hidden, yet I want to let it be revealed to me for my salvation and the salvation of the world. If you are tempted to hold anything against anyone today, be sure to tell yourself, if I hold this grievance, the light of the world will be hidden from me. My grievances hide the light of the world in me. I cannot see what I have hidden, yet I want it to be revealed to me for my salvation and the salvation of the world. Take a minute. My grievances hide the light of the world in me.
my grievances. Hide the light of the world in me. The floor is open. Amen. Karen. Amen. Karen. Th- okay. Thank you very much, Karen. Thank you, dear thank one. You so much. Yes, thank you, Karen. That thank was you. wonderful. I, I was... Um, my grievances hold the light of the world, hide the light of the world in me. Um, when I was doing this meditation earlier this morning, I felt like all of the dark clouds, the veil of darkness, were my grievances against myself. They're the things about the past, about the ego dream reality that haven't been forgiven and purified, and I was standing in the dark clouds willing to go through them with feeling them on my, feeling the the moisture of the clouds on my skin, and I was really having a full experience, and I saw that, um, I saw what the, what the past uh, memories were. I know they're not real. The past is only in my mind. It's only because um, I'm still holding on to the past in my mind because I believe in the guilt. And as I was doing that, um, I kind of had a sense of understanding about the dream, the dream that we read about today. Um, the ego past is like this hellscape. You know, it's a dream a nightmare, actually, but it has to be, it has to be looked at um, from time to time. I'm obviously not interested in staring into it forever or anything, but now and then something needs to um, be seen to be offered into the light. And as I was doing that, um, the light came. It was really beautiful. The light did come. And I've been feeling energy and emotions just pass through me ever since. Um, I cannot see what I have hidden, yet I wanted to let it be revealed to me for my salvation and the salvation of the world. My grievances hide the light of the world in me. They are grievances about myself. That's what I saw. I'm complete. Oh, that gave me goosebumps all over. Thank you, Karen. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's all about the goosebumps. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> it is. It is. Wow. You know, I just had a simple, beautiful thought. Um, on whose behalf? There's a beautiful line in what we read in the text today in, in, in paragraph 64 that um, he says to us, we have too much to accomplish on behalf of the kingdom to let the crucial concept slip away. And that the crucial concept is there is no order of difficulty in miracles. And the simplicity of that, that there's no order of difficulties. 
no matter how much I want to blow up a grievance, how much um, um, I want to blow up what I feel is, you know, unforgivable. This, you know, I can forgive this and this and this, but I just can't forgive that. And, um, you know, that we have too much to accomplish on behalf of the kingdom to let that crucial concept slip away. That it's all the same, and 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 um, one's no more difficult for the Holy Spirit to correct and heal within my mind. But um, I was thinking about the um, the the grievances and uh, the the thoughts that are grievances, and on whose behalf do those thoughts arise? <laughs> I mean, it's really obvious. God's really helping me um, decomplex my thinking. Um, on whose behalf do these these nasty, horrible, mean, criticizing, complaining, judging, and you know, um, kind of thoughts, grievance thoughts? Ooh, on whose behalf? Only on behalf of the ego. And you know, the ego doesn't exist imagination thinking it can judge judge the reality of which it knows nothing so um it just helps me to to simplify things and bring it home i'm at home in god you know the ego's voice comes up and up and up and you know just looking at it and thinking on whose behalf on whose behalf um, do these grievances arise? So the simplicity of the application of that, the lesson today, and um, but tr- truly, truly, I want what I only can want, only what I can want in truth, and that is to be the light, the truth, and the way, the way to heal all this sin and sickness and suffering that we pursue as reality I mean some kind of project project we're going on we got going on here but um, mm. well, yeah. here it's always always with me and as God is with me wherever I go make the holy rolling instant permanent amen I'm <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for your share. Hi, Harrison. Hi, Charles. You want to go first? No, you you go ahead, my friend. I'll, I'll wait. Thank you. Okay. Who does who does grievances hurt? Well, I mean, who gains by holding grievances? Uh, I think about the grievances that I hold, and the overwhelming majority of time, those against whom I hold the grievance have no clue that I'm holding the grievance against them. And most of them, even if they knew, they wouldn't give a shit. 
Excuse my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
so true. And, so true. And everything would be wonderful. <laughs> Cloud nine, here I come. <laughs> yeah. But we we all know what would happen. We all know clouds are insubstantial. And it's the mm. same way with grievances. <laughs> and true grievances are insubstantial. Amen. They have no value. Mm. They don't help us in any way. It's like that old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We all know that to be true on some level, but on another level, we feel pretty good about holding grievances, even if that person or thing that we're holding the grievance against has no clue that we're holding the grievance. <laughs> and for some of them, even if they did, they wouldn't give a damn. <laughs> so, you know, I can hold the grievance against Vladimir Putin. You know, but does he care? with this little old American thing out in the middle of America? Of course not. So, in, in, even in the illusion, I have to recognize that holding grievances has no effect. But in truth, in truth, they're devastating. Not to the person against whom I'm holding the grievance, but to me. Grievances are hiding the light of the world in me. It's it's how it's affecting me that's really important here. It's because I am, uh, the only way I can have salvation is to share salvation. That's the only way I can have it because it's a shared experience. It helps me know that I am one with God and with my brothers and sisters. That's really what salvation is, mm-hmm. is recognizing the truth of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I can do that, but I can't do it if I'm holding grievances. They get in the way. They mm-hmm. obscure the light in me. They obscure the truth of who I am. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, I'm complete. Amen. Harrison, if I could take you back and hold you in my arms like you were when you were a young baby, entering this world vulnerable, innocent, and open-hearted, This is how I see you now in your sharing. 
I truly appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. That was great. Thank you, Harrison, and thanks for the laughter. I appreciate it. You bet. (laughs) I love it. That beautiful smile. Thank you. (laughs) This is Charles here. Um, Grievances, really, uh, for myself uh, and the clouds, that I've witnessed is always the uncertainty that I've experienced in the past. The uncertainty, the unknowing, the the worry, the the concern that I have. um, It seems the future is going to be the same as the past. And then I ask God for the light of his love and and for the divine presence of his uh, wisdom and I start seeing something beautiful inside people I meet. I start recognizing something so wonderful that is not changing, that is always consistent. Every time someone is vulnerable and open and sharing from their heart and their love, and I realize it's very consistent. And it's a, it's a past I love and it's a future I would love. And my grievances are just all my uncertainties of the relationships I've ever had about myself with everyone else. And uncertainties of me and my relationship and my role with all my brothers and sisters whom I walk this path with. And always striving to be something or to become something other than myself. And uh, it's taking its toll and weariness on me. And I understand my grievances and God's love and support. And now I see the Holy Spirit's guidance and love. And he speaks for truth and for truth only. And he speaks it so clearly through my brothers and sisters. Thank you all. Amen. Thank you, brother. Very lovely. Thank you, Charles.
Hi. Um, I'm going to work now, but I, I'm, I'm praying that the clouds would break and the sun would shine on my own son, Jonathan, who um, is really needing a job, and he needs one at night. And um, I'm holding faith for that, and I would ask that you, uh, my fellow travelers <laughs> in love, would hold Jonathan up for that, because he really, um, it just would be wonderful if he was able to start earning money at a real job. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Will do. Yep. Mm. No order of difficulties. No order of difficulties. Amen. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Love you. And Jonathan, I love him too. Yeah. Mm. Dear sweet loving soul. This is Charles again, and I really thank thank you all for your kind, loving attention. And uh, sometimes the uncertainty of my condition I find myself in uh, hides the light of truth from within me and creates heavy clouds all around me. And I know when I relax my breathing and I sink into the heart and Remember the love I experienced with all you and the joy of being here and the joy of sharing. It, everything else becomes a non-issue. And I give thanks for the presence that I experience and the presence of a divine, inspired way of living. And I just want to share and give thanks for that. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you Charles. Hi, it's Karen. I have a question. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be covered right this second because there might be other parts of the reading that other people want to talk about first. But um, I was a little unclear about paragraph 69. Some people remain at this step for a very long time, experiencing very acute conflict. At this point, many try to accept the conflict rather than take the next step towards its resolution. Having taken the first step, however, 
they will be helped. Once they have chosen what they cannot complete alone, that's the question. What does this mean? Once they have chosen what they cannot complete alone, they are no longer alone. Um, Lori, by any chance, do you have a comment about that? My story. What is (laughs) Exactly my story. Yes, I do have a comment. But it's not complete alone. Okay, I'm good. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah. The reason it's my story is um, because I haven't met anybody who, um, unless maybe it's Kathy Enoch, but um, um, the atonement, it seems to me, or seemed to me at the time, happened to me as a happy accident of throwing myself into spirit because I felt no other way to do it. And that was um, more than 30 years ago. And so everything changed, and I realized, oh, man, did I ever have everything upside down and backwards. I was ridiculously happy and gloriously in love with everything for almost 10 or 11 years until the challenges started to roll in. And um, several at one time put me in mind of, oh, my God, I need to go back to that happy accident. Why did you leave me here? You know, um, I was in conflict because I believed I could lose. I believed I could lose. And though all those years I'd been very happy and miracles happened and um, life was really good, when it came time for rubber to meet the road, so to speak, um, how do I solve this dilemma? with the light of the Holy Spirit? How do I face this loss with the life of the Holy Spirit? How do I forgive my body for failing me right now with the help of the Holy Spirit? How do I reach out for help rather than choose to die, you see? And and so I mourned. My approach to this multiple conflict thing was to mourn the loss of my whole instant rather than to reach out and meet it head on. I turned into a getting mechanism in response to these challenges. I slipped back into the ego way of looking at things. And I like to think of this this first step. He makes it real clear. Take a step in this direction. Change direction. Well, you see, as a consequence of these losses, I lost my sense of abundance, the sense that I have everything. And life had been happily giving um, for a long time before this series of events. But I reverted back to a getting mechanism. God, why did you leave me here? You have to come take me now, (laughs) you know, for like 15 years. I forgot, I forgot that the way to happiness is to give all to all. And I let my mind become a getting mechanism, focusing on lack and loss and grief and mourning and death and all the things that the ego does because it believes in lack. I have to change that direction. And to me, it's it's as simple as drawing a little circle. And in this little circle with ego at the top, 
it has everything it gives nothing and it has everything coming into it you know give 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 me give me i have to get i have to substitute for this lack i have to find an accommodation for this lack he wants me to recognize and know that because of the atonement i have everything and because of my guide my model for learning and the atonement i am filled with treasure no matter what happens no matter what happens and it's the little circle with capital as self at top with everything going out from that circle and coming back just like a clock face you know the hands on the clock go clockwise the self gives the self receives all I give my brother is my gift to me is the law of love love can love can lift us up and take us through and hold us tight and keep us safe in spite of loss and the mechanism for remembrance of that is forgiveness let my mind restore this problem to its original state and remember I have no problems and so the reason it's my story is because once I realized um, you know after all those years um, I heard the voice of Holy Spirit finally make it really plain to me and Frank he said you must find your people I thought I thought um, I thought atonement was all there is but atonement is just the first step in correcting my mind and the choices I make after that will determine the quality of my experience and those choices must be based on finding the mind we share that can't be done alone you know in principles of miracles he said revelation is communication from the mind of God to my heart but I cannot keep that in my awareness except by my attitudes toward my brothers he said that's why you need miracles now more than anything you need miracles now in order to remember this truth of atonement we need to share it it's so very simple um, to just become vulnerable and let what's naturally within the mind flow um, not as a getting mechanism atonement and waking isn't something I get it's something I already am and I need its experience in my life all the time to remember it and to have its experience in my life all the time I have to share it by my attitudes toward my brothers so I'm really grateful you asked me that question because it truly is my story and um, and the other thing I, I noticed this morning with this lesson if I can digress a minute um, you know it asks us to um, to visualize this great circle this great circle surrounded by clouds and I'm standing outside of it I'm, I'm, I'm I what is I what is I and because I'm very visual you know in years gone by I've, I've done this lesson and I've 
experience the clouds and, and the light and all like that. This year, I caught that phrase, you're standing outside of it. And I drew a little picture. What is that? Well, my, in my little picture, it was a stick figure. And it reminded me, well, it was really, really beautiful because it reminded me that this vast circle surrounded by clouds is the mind we share, the spacious self, where we all know the mind of Christ, you know. Uh, he says, mind does not go out. Mind is all there is, you within it and it within you. And I realized in my little diagram that this light is not in my body. It's not in my little stick figure. It's not a representation of me. It's a representation of Christ. And it hit home. <laughs> it hit home finally. He says, love is both where you are, where you are, where you are, and what you are. And if I am in love where I am, then so is every other bit of creation there with me in this vast golden circle of light. It's not in this body. It's what we all share. And I just wanted to um, add one little thing to that. Over these months, months and years, I've noticed this beautiful thing that happens so often when I think of someone by their name. Um, it's really odd, but I'll, I'll notice someone missing and I'll think of them by name and lo and behold, they're back. You know, my ego mind says, oh, gee, I better, you know, reach out and send such and such a text. It happened yesterday. And lo and behold, today they're back. <laughs> So this is the mind we share. See, we, you within it and it within you. It's all Christ's mind. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to all of us. And that little stick figure standing outside the clouds is the ego body illusion we're all trying to step away from. You know, I have to change my direction to the clock, not the counter clock. Getting, getting, getting. No giving, giving, giving to recognize my abundance and that we're all in the light. And um, with that, I'm complete and I'm so very grateful for the opportunities I'm given to share because that's, you know, Christ speaks through you, you'll hear him. That's the only way I'm complete. Beautifully said. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad that was lovely. recorded. Yeah. It reminds me of the word forgive and forget. The word for means first. To forget is to first get before one is happy. And to forgive is first give before one finds happiness. And your story was just a beautiful rendition of all that. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Once we take that step, we don't go on alone. Guess why? Because we're all in that same mind. Mm. Mm. Anyway, wow. thank you. Yes, thank you.
brings me to the the point of first receiving and sharing the love that you feel for others and the love for them being in your lives within your inner prayer, within your inner desire, within your inner thoughts, knowing them as the light of truth and seeing that transposed outside of you as a reflection of inner prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you all. Amen. Thanks, Charles. You know, the only thing that keeps us from loving is fear. And I was so afraid of people. You know, it's pointless to go into my story, but I was very afraid of people. I was afraid of being vulnerable and of getting hurt. I had to take that first step in order to discover that I can't be hurt, that love is a natural consequence of letting go of fear. It happens all by itself, all by itself, because that's the nature of love. It's both where you are and what you are, and the only thing that keeps me from that is being afraid of people. So for the opportunity not to be afraid of you. I'm so grateful. Mm. Your freedom is mine. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Um, I was just wondering, Lemoyne, you always share at the end, and I just thought maybe to invite you to share your thoughts. I'm sure you prepared a lot today to do this um, reading. So anyway, I just was wondering if you had anything to tell us. Okay. Applause. Had to stay a little bit on mute there because I didn't want to laugh at you. But prepared, this is. I have a. <laughs> I have a strange relationship, I think, with preparation, obviously, and uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it was more like I dare you to read it, and there was one line that just freaked me out, and I got all set and all prepared for conflict and <laughs> I didn't spend much time on it. I just said, okay, that's not preparing. <laughs> you know, I recognize my shortcomings, the way in which um, under seeing and understanding uh, a way that this thing of the less the central lesson here uh, for the reading to have, give all to all. And it's interesting, it's a very preliminary step and the only one you must take for yourself. There was something that happened, I think, primarily through my father, training by my father, who's like, he never wanted to do anything but help people. 
and so he's having trouble adjusting to his uh, his current state um, of his body. But he's uh, he was always very consistent that that was what he wanted, and that he knew he could make more money, but he always just wanted to teach, and he very much focused on positive reinforcement and not to go too far into him but you know he <laughs> he in the 60s out of wires and discrete components he built a computer to teach kids to read and it would only respond if you press the right key then it would say the key and if you completed the word it would say the word and it was entirely positive reinforcement. It didn't do anything if you hit the wrong key. And, you know, this is, this is, pro- the pe- it lines perfectly with this pedagogy here. Anyway, the point is he got it in my head to try to be helpful. And somewhere back there, I really, I could see the, the message of the Christ and wanted to follow it, but, I had no idea how, right? And it landed something like this, to have, give all to all. It was like, I have to constantly give. And it's like, how is that ever going to work? I'm just going to further away. And it did appear to exacerbate conflict, and in fact, conflict all the time um, with the world I see, if, if I wanted conflict. But I didn't want conflict. The point of the to have, give all to all is that's the way it actually works in the world together. The universe, the mind. And it, um, you know, what I saw as the solution is that, I mean, that this is the path, this is the direction, right? You don't have to complete it, but it's a turning in the direction. And in that time, then I, I think the, it wasn't certainly not immediate. There's like a 40-year delay in there um, of doing things that I thought I had to do and 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 I really suffer in, in the... Uh, in the world's view of responsibility, that was one way to look at giving. But, you know, it was never all. And the freedom to choose only appeared to be a trap where I could make mistakes. And so, I mean, there's a lot of conflict and suffering in there. And, um, you know, times when I gave in to fear and and chose fear instead of love, you know, out of fear of what might happen, choose to withdraw. And that's not the, that can, that's not the, I mean, even if I'm facing in the right direction, that's moving backwards. So, you know, I'm not saying it's all perfect, but I get the centrality of that, that this is, this comes through out of the New Testament. If you can, you can see this resonance with the Christ teaching. To have, give all to all. And, uh, you know, it aligns with, I've, I've long time I've viewed the miracle of the loaves of 
and fishes is just this, sharing. That he got them to share. And that was a miracle. <laughs> and they all, they all had, by the end of it, and they all shared what they had with each other. And then this is in form, and therefore not all, but still it's along, it's along that journey. And that that is the solution to all the world's problems lies in this direction. So this is the, there's a jump here between putting ourselves in charge of the journey where we do our best to have by giving, but then it's like it is something that we cannot complete alone. But once you choose to do it and willfully and clearly, it helps to have this kind of system which uh, <clears throat> is basically kind of a long text about how your right mind is trying to reach you now. <laughs> and um, uh, my right mind is trying to reach me now. And it's all that right mind is the mind that was in Christ and is the mind of the atonement. So, you know, once you choose to try and go this way, we can be helped because... It's not the same kind of dream that the world creates, which is a dream of separation. But it is a dream that's aligned with the way reality actually is. So it is a a happy dream. And it can be pursued and you can lose the sense of being alone. Because there's another dark thread that sort of parallels the whole thing where as a child, through the way things happened, I thought I had to be alone. I thought that's what the world was about. But it's more about, I think, that was just a recognition of where the state of things are and that it's, I think, the correct thing that we have to learn is that we are not alone and that um, separation as as it is intended is to create relationship and that conflict does not negate relationship it's just a form of relationship a rather dysfunctional one but um, and it is always if it's ever really resolved it's resolved in communication and which is a getting together and an agreement that people agree is more important than the conflict. And so, you know, this thing of developing the sonship, the beloved community of Martin Luther King's dream is done by, you know, choosing the path that leads towards salvation rather than conflict. Anyway, not to say I'm not hugely tempted to conflict around various things, but uh, it's the action of fear is to call forth more fear. So, um, <clears throat> And uh, I just want to add this thing that's been echoing behind this is the, the freedom to choose 
you know, having landed in this world where it's all it seems to all be about choice, but an important line that sunk in, or I feel it's important that it sunk into me, uh, maybe not that important for others, but I think it's a very general statement to say the freedom of cho- the freedom to choose is the same power as the freedom to create, and you know we're not limited to the alternatives that we think we are, and we can always find creative solutions, you know, win-win solutions. I think they're always available. Um, it's the only the and the difficulty in finding them is largely driven by attachment to conflict and separation. That's all. You need to project. Anyway, a little journey down through <laughs> through the the way this actually resonated pretty deeply with me. I remember making a choice back in there that it felt like this is all I can do. All I can do is try, try to help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, following in the footsteps of my father and uh, who he suggested as, as the best guide. So, I'm complete. Thank you, Lemoyne. Oh, wow. that was just a great walk. Thanks, Lemoyne. Thanks, well, thank Karen, you so for much. inviting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to do that more often because yes. you touched on so many really important parts of the reading today. And as you were speaking, I mean, I I could apply it in my life very deeply. And, um, you know, you, get, you covered so many things like... Uh, communication is leads to communion and I mean you you really highlighted so many things and I'm so grateful that you shared and I really I want to encourage all of us to make a space for you (laughs) you know to be able to help you know to hear you because you have so much to give speaking of you know to have all give all to all you really did Thank you so much. I do have a comment, but I know it's at the top of the hour, so I'll wait until after if, if um, whatever. I'm just, yeah. Well, I was going to say, you can bring it on. You can bring it on now, Karen. I'm not. Okay. Um, well, to be a you brought. <laughs> pardon, Go ahead. pardon me? Oh, I, okay. I, the book is pretty clear about not being a slave to time. The oh, recording yeah. is That's not a tape. It's just a little bit, tiny bit more space on top of a big archive. Go ahead. <laughs> well, my first, my first uh, spiritual life in this life was with a guru, and I found myself in a position where I was cooking for him. Like I would cook for him when we would spend the day together, and I would be the driver. And then I started cooking for him where he lived. But there were five other people in his household. So I found myself cooking for everyone because I couldn't just cook for him, you know, because with six people there, there would be nothing left. So I was cooking for everyone. And prior, prior to that relationship or at the beginning of that relationship, I had no money. 
I mean, I had no money, none, none that I could call my own. And um, I was in a service mind. People used to come to my house for satsangs, and I cooked everyone because I became a cook. And it just organically happened. And I'm just using this as kind of an example of that give all to all. It just it just was a role I found myself in, and it kept expanding. And then I had the homeless kitchen, and I cooked at Amas, and I cooked at all the retreats. And then I was on staff for all these years, I don't know, 25 or more years with Amma on staff in the kitchen. And I never had to worry about money. When I first started this, you know, my resources were nil, none. I was married, and I would have to go to my husband and ask him if I could have a little money for this or that. But, I mean, and he never denied me, but I didn't have any resources. And suddenly, it just, all my life was never, ever a thing. You know, it's like, it was just a symbol in the world of my life that with that attitude, everything comes. All abundance comes. You know, and it wasn't even an intention because it wasn't what Lori was referring to earlier. It's giving to get. There was nothing to get. There was no consciousness of getting. And I know that in the course, we're not really directed to, you know, the manifesting in the world on the physical plane of stuff or anything like that. That's, I hope, not the goal. But to give, give all to all, really means to recognize your brother and to to achieve your own identity, to really um, instill that truth of who you are, give that to others. Anyway, you, you, you just took me on this um, deeper understanding and this deeper meditation of that one phrase today. You know, God demonstrated it to me on the physical plane. So many years later, I would come back to it and understand, you know, give peace, to have peace. Give uh, patience, to have patience. You know, give holiness, to have holiness. That's all those things that we're doing every day in the lessons. And that I didn't mean to go on and on, but thank you. That was really, Lemoyne, thank you so much for sharing. You have so much to give. I'm complete. Mm, thank you for sharing. Wow. Oh, and the same to you, Karen. Thank you. Amen. And that got recorded. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love stories that goes out to the world, out to the sunship. It all made. Yeah, well, thank you, Karen. I, I got a sense that <laughs> you're that deepening recognition, which, you know, maybe maybe one reason that there's a certain age involved here because you recognize, dang it, you know, <laughs> it, there was always enough. I'm still here, you know, so, and what they say in the forum, you know, you are a success. You're here. You know, you haven't wandered off. You haven't... Um, you know, found some unfortunate end. It's not that hard. There always was enough. And uh, so, uh, finally, though, um, 
that thing of your patience with each other is your patience with yourself. That's a that's an important thing to get, I think. For me, it was. And so, because otherwise, I, if I wasn't like, okay, so I can just put it to patience and waiting for myself to get this thing that it's, you know, there is enough. There is enough. But what's missing is sharing. You know, to do studies of the amount of food in the world. There's enough food in the world. The problem is distribution. You know, that all the uh, all the problems in the world are not actually problems out in form, but problems in the mind, and uh, largely driven by separation, believing a difference is determined rather than what's common. Anyway, um, I don't want to go on and on again. <laughs> Thanks. I, I got a real sense that you 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 got that for yourself. Um, I'm not expressing it well, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm Perfectly. Perfect. Perfect. Yes, you are. Oh, Thank you. Yes, expression. you are. Yes. I'm going to do one of my favorite things. <laughs> Give myself a candy. Lori, do you have a closing to this song? Oh, you know, I've had so many across the course of this call today. In Chapter 4, where he talks about patience, or, yeah, 5 is where he talks about patience with, with each other, and 4 is where he talks about helpfulness. But um, I landed here in healing and the changelessness of mind in chapter 7. Only minds communicate. Only minds communicate. Healing is the one ability which everyone can develop and must develop if he is to be healed. Healing is the Holy Spirit's form of communication and the only one he knows. He recognizes no other because he does not accept the ego's confusion about mind and body. Minds communicate. Healing only strengthens. And I wanted to end with this. You cannot forget the Father because I am with you and I cannot forget him. To forget me is to forget yourself and him who created you. Our brothers are forgetful. That is why they need your remembrance of me and him who created me. Through this remembrance, you can change their minds about themselves as I can change yours. As I can change yours. Your minds are so powerful a light that they can look into theirs and enlighten them as I can enlighten yours. I do not want to share my body in communion because that is to share nothing. Yet I do want to share my mind with you because we are of one mind in capital letters, and that mind is ours. See only this mind, this great vast space of light everywhere, because only this is everywhere and everything. It is everything because it encompasses all things within itself. Blessed are you who perceive only this, because you perceive only what is true. 
Come therefore unto me and learn of the truth in you. The mind we share is shared by all our brothers. And as they see as we see them truly, they will be healed. Let your mind shine with mine upon other minds and by our gratitude, our gratitude to them, make them aware of the light in them. This light will shine back upon you and on the whole sonship because this is your proper gift to God. He will accept it and give it to the sonship because it is acceptable to him and therefore to his sons. This is the true communion of the Spirit who sees only the altar of God in everyone and by bringing it to your appreciation calls upon you to love God and his creations. You can appreciate the sonship only as one. This is part of the law of creation and therefore governs all thought. All thought. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for sharing your thoughts in this one wow. mind. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lori. 